Hello everyone, my name is Anna Healy and I am a life and business coach based in West Cork. I had this idea about six months ago that I wanted to interview women who have started their own business and understand what motivated them. I wanted to meet women from all over West Cork to discover their stories, to hear the lessons that they have learned through their business and celebrate their successes with them. I wanted the interview to be a relaxed conversation in a relaxed environment where we get to chat about the real life experiences of working for your own business. That meant that I called to people's homes, their offices, place of business, just to get a better sense of the woman and their business. It also meant that there are environmental noises in the recording as we were on location, so to speak. So be aware that the sound will be a little sketchy at times due to interruptions from children, partners, animals, even outside cars at times. I think it adds to the authenticity of the interview. This series of interviews has grown a wonderful following and I now realize that there are hundreds of women in West Cork who have taken the plunge into self-employment. My interviews are just a sample of the women out there working using their creativity and pushing the boundaries to make a better world for everyone. I'm getting a real buzz from these meetings and I come away inspired from all the knowledge that they impart. My hope is that you will realize that these wonderful women are just regular people like you and I. Each woman had an idea or a dream and through their courage and determination they made it happen for them. And maybe you might get some inspiration from these ladies to put your dreams into action. So today we're talking to Rita Holding of RH Vintage Interiors. Rita started her business in January 2017. She had lived and worked in London for a number of years and had always a passion for vintage furniture and interiors. When Rita and her family relocated to West Cork, she decided it was time to turn this passion into a business and RH Vintage Interiors was born. Her business is now thriving and she stays loyal to her established brand, which is quality, uniqueness and colour. Rita also offers a professional bespoke painting commission service and holds regular chalk painting classes from her workshop in Roscarbury. Rita launched a new e-commerce website in February 2019, which is www.rhvintageinteriors.com As usual, I ask Rita a bit about her background and how she started RH Vintage Interiors. I came from a family of nine in West Cork, in Doris. Seven girls and two boys, and I was the seventh girl. I had a younger brother. And I always remember it was the 1980s and absolutely everyone was immigrating. So from the age of 15, I was planning my move. <laughs> yeah, it was either you probably marry a local farmer or whatever, yeah. yeah, or you escond and leave the country. So many of my friends went to America. Yeah. So what I did was I planned. Um, I did a bit of research. I had a sister nursing in England, my eldest sister, and another sister there as well. So through them, I got addresses of the hospitals, I got addresses of the banks, and you can imagine farm where we had to milk the cows before school and all this crack, yeah. I'd be writing letters and find out the name of the top guy. Anyway, it turned out, to cut a long story short, I was given three interviews in London just after my leaving. 
one with DIB, another with Barclays, and another with um, National Westminster, right? Mm -hmm. My mother and father wouldn't let me go because I was only just turned 70, right? And uh, then I wrote back to these banks and made up a story why it needed to be delayed. When I look back now, wow, at my thinking, yeah, I just wanted to better myself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I wasn't given the opportunity, probably, not in the last way, there was nine of us, to go to university. Um, I did that eventually when I was 25. I went to London University at age 25 and I studied business administration. But the funniest part of the story is the fact that they wrote back yeah. and rescheduled my interviews, by which time my sister in London had persuaded them that it's okay for me to go they look to these you. interviews. But it turned out I wasn't living with them. Um, I failed the aptitude test for the AIB, but I was offered a job by the other two. Okay. Um, of course, didn't have a clue being brought up in a, a farm in Doris, yeah? Who do you choose? Yeah? yeah. Young girl. So I choose NatWest. And what I did was I um, went to the interview, all went well, recruited, I think it was January 1986. I stayed with my sister's friend, who's also a nurse, for about three months. And then I managed to get into the NatWest Halls of Residence, which is in Russell Square. I mean, it was near the London University, walking distance to the West End. <laughs> Everything. Wow. I spent six years there. And what age were you? Seventeen. Oh my goodness, wow. Right? Amazing. Uh, I was working in Chiswick, so unlike other people, I commuted out of London. Yeah, so okay. staying in the West End, but oh. we had all our meals cooked for us. I had my flights paid back four times a year at Bank Holiday. The whole residence closed down. Wow. And I was a bit cheeky at the time, because what I used to do was... Um, book my flights with Aer Lingus last minute and I'd be on first class. And that's the cheeky side of me, yeah. I wouldn't normally do that, but you know that sense of deferment, yeah. yeah, because I was paid for. But at the same time, all my friends in America were illegal, yeah. which was not, you yeah, know, not abnormal then, yeah. yeah. But doing okay and, and stuff like that. And, um, what a fabulous experience. Yeah. But, do you know, it wasn't easy either because you missed your life in West Cork. So I went from a farm in West Cork, terribly naive, to living in central London. Yeah. Um, what happened after that was met my husband when we were 24, and he's 24 at Bertie. And I think it was the age of 25, we bought our first flat. <gasps> It seems like it was normal back then. And, um, normal in London? Uh, possibly back then, yeah. yeah. But my husband's parents were amazing. You know, his dad's dead now, but his mum is like a second mother to me. She's, she's in her 80s. And um, we just, we worked hard. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Worked together. He helped 
you know, we supported each other while I went through university and stuff like that. But I left the bank after six years because I got bored. Yeah, <laughs> as you do. Certain people were leaving, and I thought, no, I need something different. So I spent three years at university. Then um, I suppose my first child was born at. I got married at twenty-nine in West Cork. Um, my first child, Nathan, was born the next year. And three years later, my second child, two boys, Nathan and Callum. And I just, I suppose it took a few years off to settle them into their activities locally. They were involved in rugby and competitive swimmers and stuff like that. And luckily in Clonakilty, we had a competitive swimming club. So I kind of put them into the rugby club, different things, so that it wasn't a huge, they were really upset leaving the UK. And, um, after that, I went to, I suppose I was employed in PGI as a receptionist. And it kind of went on from there. I was moved quickly into a different role and I ended up managing their corporate expenditure budget. And then I decided in the last year, I need to do something different. I'm approaching 50. Yeah. I just want to do something different. In England, I did passion for vintage, always. I, I suppose with England at the time you had the supply and you still have mm. the different types of furniture, it's very good quality. It's, you know, what I find a lot of the old dwelling houses were damp here. Mm. So there was a lot of woodworm and, and furniture didn't last, mm -hmm. yeah, unless you were from a great big aristocratic house or something. Um, and then what happened was, I just loved it. I used to go to garage sales, I used to go to cupboards. But in our first flat, I didn't just go to Ikea. I went to Ikea too, because I was skinned, but I always looked for something that was a bit different. When my first child was uh, born, we bought a house and we moved to Shepparton, Middlesex. And I always kind of, look for things that are different but I had access to a bigger market in the UK mm -hmm. yeah so when I left the corporate job here I thought you know what my husband is really interested as well mm -hmm. you know on, on in this he um, his initial career was a marine engineer and he used to build steel fabricated boats on the River Thames and um, and now he's doing something completely, you know, absolutely office desk related, you know, data oriented and mm. and and all this, yeah. But he says that the engineer in him, mm. it's the same what he's doing now as if you're building boats, you know, with the same logic mm -hmm. attached to it. So what happened then really was I decided, head on my head, okay, let's go along and set up a business. So I didn't put a huge amount of thought into the name and I did it by myself. I thought personalise it, RH, Rita Holding, mm -hmm. Vintage Interiors. Now I sometimes think, oh, 
maybe I should have made it really cool, like this, that and the other, but people do relate it to me, which is good. Mm. It personalises it. Mm-hmm. I decided from the beginning that I wanted only to choose quality. I had a certain market sector, you know, that I was aiming for, the people in their 30s, 40s, 50s plus, yeah. Um, it was just a certain sector. I was so clear of my market sector. So describe your business to me. My business is purely vintage. The most important part of it is design. You know, it's really important for me when I'm sourcing furniture to have a really good design, to have high quality and just something that's really different. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of the stuff I have in my stock is just a bit different to anything you can get in this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's about three different parts of my business. I do workshops, mm-hmm. regular workshops, yeah, painting workshops for about five or six people. Mm-hmm. So I'll spend three hours with them and I'll show them all the different painting techniques and, and stuff like that. The other biggest part is taking a really good quality piece of vintage furniture mm-hmm. and introducing colour. It has to have good design, but chalk painting it. Mm-hmm. So I use usually any Sloan brand, Rustoleum, and also Farrell and Ball, but I tend to do chalk painting because I love it. Mm-hmm. and using different waxes and stuff like that. Uh, the other thing is, I've always had an interest in antiques. So even though the majority is vintage, what you'll find on my website is, quite often there's a really beautiful antique piece of furniture. And I don't, um, I don't paint everything, because I have an appreciation for, it has to be paste that has to be painted yes. for me to paint. Yeah. yeah? But what I love about the whole thing is helping other people to be brave about colour. Mm-hmm. I always say to people, and I know interior designers and stuff like that might think differently, if you want to redecorate a room, don't start with the walls. Choose a statement piece of furniture and work backwards. Mm-hmm. Introduce your colour through the piece of furniture and then work backwards, yeah? Mm-hmm. But just helping people, you know, I always say to them, send me a a picture Mm -hmm. of your house, of that particular room, different sides, Mm -hmm. whatever. And also Google what your ideas are. Mm -hmm. And then we meet and we have a good chat. And and we, I give them different ideas about colour and stuff like that, like just this morning. I had contact from somebody up in Kildare wanting me to paint a sideboard. She has no idea. I I have the sideboard. She hasn't seen them. She's coming down at the weekend. And also, there's other pieces, you know, she's interested in stuff like that. But what I do in that instance is I have a conversation with her and I kind of get the overall picture of what she really likes and the type of house and Mm -hmm. you know this kind of thing because one of the things I really have learned is that 
you can mix old with new. It's like pennies and brown thomas. You can, but you have to be clever with how you do it, you know? Um, that's the main part of my business. What I do do is I go to international dealer fairs about four oh, times a year exciting. in the UK. Um, my last one was in November and I do the Ballymaloe Craft Fair every single year. Okay. Three years now I've done that. My husband absolutely loves it but he's brilliant at restoration even though it's not his job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's just so much fun going and finding the selection. But you know I've already thought about Brexit, it'll make a, a big difference. I'll be going to mm -hmm. France instead of the UK. Okay. Um, but only while I prepare for Brexit because What'll happen with Brexit, and it sounds terribly boring, is everything I import into this country needs a commodity code. Mm -hmm. So for a dressing table, one type of mirror dressing table, I need a commodity code. For an unmirrored dressing table, I'd need an official commodity code. So that when I come through customs, mm -hmm. it's completely related back to RH Vintage Interiors. You know, they have Mm. everything but they, mm -hmm. I have to register them all mm. and make sure I have a registered commodity code for everything so that might take me <laughs> a year to sort out but in the meantime I'll go to France mm. and bring stuff back in from France okay so there's you have scope there to try I have scope and it's not bothering me yeah too much okay. but I do believe that Brexit will have a big effect on this country, mm. having studied economics and that. Um, but we'll cope. I think what I've learned most is you have to work smart. You know, there were times in the last three years where I'm inundated with accounts and trying to source furniture and trying to do my job, maybe commissions for people when you're a one-man <laughs> ship. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's so hard. And I suppose the difference with my business is it's physical as well. Mm -hmm. You're lifting furniture, you're doing, you're grafting. I'm not sitting behind a computer or a laptop mm -hmm. or, or whatever. I have to do it all. Um, be consistent and honest. But the most important thing is keeping very high standards, mm -hmm. making sure that everything that leaves my workshop is in good condition. You know, and, and I got the happy customer mm -hmm. with it. That's why I asked for, not always, but I asked for testimonials mm -hmm. and, um, and stuff like that. But that probably, what I would say, being consistent. Mm -hmm. You have to stand over your product, really, don't you? Because yeah. you are your product at the end of the I've day. I've always stuck to my brand. Yeah. I had um, a, a certain picture of a customer, mm -hmm. um, not physically, but you know, the sector. Mm -hmm. And I just had um, an idea of that market, who I wanted to, and the people that I have calling to the house, people can come to the house as well, mm -hmm. yeah, and, and view, but I've also got an e-commerce website. It's incredible, they're just amazing. I suppose they have similar interests. Mm -hmm. To me that's why they're drawn to you yeah and uh, and I love it the thing I love most is the people I deal with mm. 
you know, and I suppose I like chatting to people. Mm-hmm. And I like, ever since I was a child, I could easily communicate with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like a bit of banter and, and all this, but um, that's probably the thing that I love most about my job. Mm-hmm. People I come in t- touch with, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, if, if one of your children, right, came to you in the morning and said, Mom, I'm thinking of setting up a business. What advice would you give them? What would you say to them? I would say to them, and I have one that potentially will, okay. my youngest fella, yeah? Okay. I can see him running his own business in the future because he's got that aptitude. He's got that. He can talk to anyone. Yeah, yeah he's 18. I would say... The first thing I would say is don't give up the day job in a hurry. Yeah? Mm. A good friend, Kate Ryan, that I always remember Kate saying this, flavor.ie, don't give up, and she didn't. Mm. Yeah? I did. I thought, solid, we're going from one to another. I think it would be really good to have a year or two secretly building up your business in the background. Mm. Yeah, doing doing the ad hoc stuff like thinking of a name for your business, sorting out a bank account, uh, getting your business plan in order, just uh, the smaller bits while you're doing your day job, mm. build this up. Mm. Uh, another mistake I think people make is they feel the necessity to have a website mm. straight away. You don't need a website for a few years. Mm. I mean, with me. My website is more of a luxury add-on, you know, after a few years. Mm. And, and it's really handy to have, but it's not essential. Mm. You know, people think they have to spend so much money on things like that. You don't. But what you do need, and I'd say this to my son, a proper Facebook business page, eventually a website, but not essential, you know. You don't need you know, a huge amount of money. The, the hardest thing about my business is I always have to have money in my business account for stock. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. you always have to have money because if you get offered furniture or paints or whatever you had to purchase, you need the money in your account. Mm. Yeah? So you have to be ready all the time. You have to be ready and you have to have a certain sum in your, your business account. But that's probably what I would say to him. You know, just take your time. Spend a couple of years just thinking ahead, doing the small stuff. And then networking is so important, especially if you're working for yourself, you know. Um, I'm so fortunate, probably like you, and I'm a member of Network Ireland West Cork, and it is invaluable, the support I get, the help I get, the advice I get. Just like-minded, fantastic people. Mm-hmm. But it also means that, you know, there's someone there. I feel like I'm working in an office, but not in an office, because there's always someone mm-hmm. that I can message in a WhatsApp group or whatever and say, look, what do you think it is? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, that's another important thing Mm -hmm. and I know there's no men's networking groups but generally I'd advise that to anyone Mm -hmm. do you know turn up it's very scary going to networking groups to begin with 
But actually, one of the things we need to remember is we're all nervous, we're all in the same boat, we're there for the same reason. And um, it's an incredible place, you know? Like me, I'm in an office, but I'm not in an office. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is, it's to find your tribe, I suppose, find your supports around you. Yeah. And um, I think it's been invaluable for me anyway. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Fab. In terms of your business, how long do you say you're in your business now? It's my third year. Your third year, okay. Yeah. So, okay, talk to me about the biggest challenges you've experienced. I think sourcing unique pieces in this country mm. is difficult. I, I kind of know the ins and outs now. I know the dealers. I know dealers in Dublin and Cork. Um, you build up a rapport mm -hmm. with these. I know people abroad, you know. Um, and they kind of work out through Instagram as well and place like the type of things you look for. Mm -hmm. So I have a gallery always in my website and also with things that have gone through my hands. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. um, keeping delivery costs down because yeah. normal couriers don't take furniture. Yeah. yeah. So I send a lot to Dublin and on the Dublin route and around the county but it can cost 90 quid to send something to Dublin. Wow. You know, and actually, because my prices are reasonable, it's fine, people are prepared to pay it. Yeah. Yeah, but these are proper furniture couriers that look after it, strap mm -hmm. it properly, you know, use proper blankets. Um, I think I mentioned already being a one-person business mm -hmm. and Brexit, but I'm not worried about Brexit, it's fine. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll work around it. It'll be fun going to France, you know. Um, I suppose another thing, Anna, is keeping delivery costs down. You know, some people can't um, afford it. If somebody in Dublin's looking for a small piece, usually I can use a normal courier, you know, and it's properly wrapped and, and everything. Mm -hmm. But it's the bigger pieces. I'm conscious of, so it's building up. I've got more people now that I know are going to Dublin with vans. So it's, it's, oh, it's a part of a stepping stone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And these are people, I suppose, I was cheeky enough to phone up and, and talk to and get to know. And yeah, th there are ways around it. Yeah. You know, this week is a, a guy in West Cork that goes up to see his son and that'll pay his petrol. Lovely. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's about um, being creative, isn't it? Yeah, it is, really. Yeah. And not being frightened to kind of just chat, because they're in business too. Mm. Do you know, and you help yeah. each other and, and, and The answer like isn't always a straight line. Sometimes you kind of have to go around a little bit just to, to get the right, yeah. you know, to get the right answer. But uh, furniture couriers are expensive. Yeah. But I think it's, it's great to be able to offer delivery. Mm-hmm. Mm do you know what I mean? Galway is a bit more difficult and stuff like that. But um, generally, you know, that's okay. At the moment, I don't think my <laughs> son will go into business because they're big into life-saving. I've mm -hmm. got two on the Irish life-saving team. Mm -hmm. So training all the time and, and stuff like that. But it's funny, you can spot in a kid, one of them will be. Another thing, actually, mm -hmm. be prepared to put yourself out there. You know at the beginning when you go online and you have a Facebook business page, 
It is so scary. Mm. You know, I don't do Facebook Lives. I've done maybe one or two. But just putting your brand out there is so hard. Mm. You know, it, it really is, but it gets so much easier. Mm. You know, it is so hard to, and it's scary and it's frightening thinking, who, you know, your thoughts, who does she think she is or this, that and the other, everyone mm. has them. But actually in time, people recognize what you do and it becomes so much easier. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you worry less about things like that, but it is so important to put yourself out there. Yes. We have to expose our faces and look, this is me and this yeah. is what I'm doing. But my God, that was hard. <laughs> it is daunting, isn't it? But you have to enjoy it. Mm. You have to have a passion for this kind of thing. But you learn as you go along as well, like, the excitement I get when I'm going to see pieces is incredible, yeah? Yeah. There's a certain style I like and there's a certain niche, yeah. but the fun I have. And uh, I, I, I say this, it's a funny story, but I had a piece last year and I put it up on my website and it started a, a debate between two antique dealers in County Mayo. Well, and this was what I later learned to be an old grain store, right? Okay. And it was where they would store grain and just scoop, and it was beautiful, it was old pine. You could use it for anything, really. Anyway, they had this debate, antique dealers are a breed of their own, yeah. right? They had this debate and they worked out between them that night that it was uh, a grain store. And of course they were giving me information, but it was hilarious. Yeah. And then one day I had somebody walk in from Cork City and I said, do you know what that is? And he says, yeah, it's a grain store. I used to be a chef and my husband in the kitchen. You Whoa. know, it, it, it's those kind of conversations. Yeah, isn't that lovely? But you do sometimes start, you know, debates start isn't up. Isn't that lovely? About particular pieces. It shows they're watching you too. Yeah. Yeah. I had an old Quaker's chair recently, which is a teacher's chair. Yeah. And it was marked under UCC, but it was made by an Irish company, a very well-known Irish company. And uh, it was stunning. The problem with my job is you're so tempted to keep it for your own house. <laughs> oh, I'd love to have a tour of your house, yeah. And, but I, yeah. I can't. I'm like yeah. the painter that doesn't paint his own house. You know, it's like... No, and I'd be like thinking, no, and you learn after a while, no, let it go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's meant for someone else. So, Rita, how do people make contact with you? People make contact with me, first of all, by the website. It's rhvintageinteriors.com, www. They can, I have signs on the roadside. I live in Ross Carberry, between mm -hmm. Ross Carberry and Clonakilty. They can call to my house. Mm -hmm. It's probably best to check with me first. Mm -hmm. It's 087-115-5103. You can contact me through my Facebook business page, mm -hmm. same name, RH mm -hmm. Vintage Interiors, and also uh, Messenger, WhatsApp, anything, Rita Holding, yeah? Mm -hmm. But I have, I, I also put my stuff on adverse.ie and Dundeal. I just find it's really helped my catchment around the country. 
rather than relying fully on the website. That's a good idea. It's another form of networking in another some ways, form. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So I hope you enjoyed that interview with Rita Holding. Um, I'm thrilled that her business is going really well and that her bespoke work is thriving. What I love about this interview with Rita is her creativity and her adaptability to each situation. One of the things that she talks about is Brexit and how she is aware of it she's very aware of it and um, she understands they will be impact but also she's um, being flexible around it and she's being creative around it and she's not afraid she's going to keep going bravely on um, with her business which is wonderful so I found that very interesting because I suppose when you're in a startup or when you're in any stage of a business changes to the economy, to the environment can have a huge impact on you so I love the fact that Rita is being creative and flexible in her approach to what's coming next. Because so many things can change so quickly, it's so important that we build some resilience into our business and into ourselves, to mind ourselves, to be able to uh, rebound if we get pushed or squashed or bended in our business. I also love that she is using networking as a strength of hers. She's used it in so many different ways through her business, through Network Ireland West Cork, through Dundeal, through her website. She understands the importance of networking and pushing your business out there by meeting new people, letting people know what you're doing. Um, and as she said herself, you know, sometimes it can feel awkward, but just remember that everybody is in the same situation and that once you stick to your brand and once you stick to the high standards that Rita is holding, then you can stand behind it and actually promote your business through all the different networks that you have. No man is an island. So I'm sure somebody said that one time, loads of times. Um, so just to be aware of that, we all need each other to build our business. We all need each other to promote our business and to support our businesses. So I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed my little uh, nuggets around resilience and networking and supporting each other. If any of this resonates with you, you can contact me on anna at annahealy.ie. 